The information provided on this podcast is intended to be educational and informational only and is not considered to be formal legal advice. The listener should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Any listener in need of legal opinion upon which to rely in decision-making should consider formally engaging an attorney to review relevant facts in detail and examine the pertinent law as it applies to those facts. Hey guys, this is Sam with Sunflower Agencies, and you're tuned in to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. I would not want my money in U.S. dollars. I would want to find another alternative to store my money, where whether it be real estate or you know, in this case, cryptocurrency. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, the founder of the Dream Chasers platform. And thank you for tuning into our content. We've got some phenomenal creators making a name for themselves on this platform. And we just want to say thank you for going on this journey with us. It's been a lot of fun over the past few years. And hey, we're just getting started. We would also like to take this moment to shine light on our sponsor, Raise Masters, the number one mastermind for elite capital raisers. To learn more about Raise Masters, you can go to raisemasters.com. That's raisemasters.com. And again, thank you for investing your most valuable resource with us, your time. Now kick back and enjoy the show. Jeremy, my amazing producer, take it away. This is Dream Chasers, episode 221, Greatest Hits, featuring the next level webinar, The Fundamentals of Cryptocurrency, with John Colwell. Hey guys. Hi, Grandma. This is Adam Carswell, and welcome to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. On Dream Chasers, we bring next level talent to the light. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an exclusive Next level webinar, the fundamentals of cryptocurrency. I'm your host, Adam Carswell, and joined by my amazing co-host, Fletcher Wheaton. Today, we're entering the mind of Johnny Caldwell. Some may also know him as Poppy Seed. Definitely a next level backstory on this one, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. But first, Fletcher, Johnny, you know, I just asked you before we hit record, Fletcher, but I'm going to ask you again. First, (laughs) how are you feeling today and what are you looking forward to learning? Thank you, Adam. Pretty excited about this one. You know, I don't have any investments into crypto or Bitcoin and I'm relatively new. So I got my learning cap on today and really excited to hear John's uh, presentation. Yeah. And speaking of Johnny, how you're feeling today as well? What are you looking forward to? Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited to do this. I just hope I can teach everybody a little bit about cryptocurrency, whether you know a little bit already, or if you know nothing, I hope I can definitely teach you a little bit and try to not make it confusing. Yep. Uh, We're definitely going to have some fun with it. So today's webinar, guys, first is sponsored by Liberty Real Estate Fund, the world's first single tenant triple net lease security token. For more information on Liberty Fund, you can go to libertyfund.io. That's libertyfund.io. And our other sponsor is Raise Masters, the number one mastermind for elite capital raisers. To learn more and apply, you can check out the link in the comments. And if you're with us on the replay, you can find that link in the show notes. Speaking of in the comments, Aaron and Brandon, some of our team members who I want to give a big shout out to as well, because they really helped this come together. So... If you're with us here live again, hello, and thank you for investing your most valuable resource with us, your time. If you're joining us on the replay, (laughs) be sure to like, share, and subscribe there. Check out the show notes for links connected to today's message. And lastly, if you're listening on the audio-only version on the Dream Chasers platform, be sure to drop us a five-star rating there and follow a link 
to the video replay. All right. So you guys are going to get a ton of value today. Grab those notepads if you can. Exit out of any other distractions that might take away from your focus as we're going through today's webinar and really time for the backstory. You know, we're, we're here to learn, but we're here to have some, some fun and figure out how the heck did this come together today too. So as you know, here at Next Level Webinars, we're on a mission to produce 52 webinars this year. I saw some names in the attendees right now too that you guys have actually done some with us. So really happy to see you back here. And then as far as today, you know, Again, Fletcher and I have been really excited to learn more about cryptocurrency for a while. As I mentioned, you know, thankfully about four years ago, I started going down this rabbit hole with Johnny here, who's going to present with us. You know, it's just cool to see how back then, you know, we were geeking out in, in 2017 about this, maybe you could even say 2018. And then after the buzz died off, I kind of just didn't stay as knowledgeable on the topic as Johnny has. He's continued to learn even through what some would call the bear market. So now he's come, kind of come back into a second cycle here and knows a ton about the industry that I don't. But thankfully, you know, he's been able to, to guide me and give me some fantastic insights with my own crypto portfolio. And so if you guys are looking for someone who knows what the heck they're talking about, and I'd say most importantly is trustworthy, this is your guy. I mean, as you know, crypto is kind of like the wild, wild west and it's almost like you don't know who to trust now. And so that's really why I want to get Johnny on here. He knows his stuff been doing it for a while as far as the, the crypto existence is concerned. And yeah, that's kind of how we how we got to it here today. Johnny, I do want you to to fill in a little bit of the backstory here too. But before that, Fletcher, is there any other um, thoughts, comments, ideas that you had? I don't know. I'm looking forward to getting this one rolling. Thank you. All right. So yeah, Johnny, did I miss any of the any of the backstory there? Yeah, no, no. I think you we pretty much covered it, but Adam was the one who showed me what like have you ever heard of bitcoin i'm like no no it's bitcoin maybe i've heard that word before but no i don't i don't know what it is like if i if i ever heard it i don't i don't remember and he he started talking to me about it and i was like everything he was saying i'm like huh huh and like i just got into like the rest of that day i was just like I gotta figure out what this is all like all night i spent hours and hours like the whole week it was just down a rabbit hole trying to learn about what cryptocurrency is, how it works, the the use cases for it, what's blockchain technology, all those things. And a lot of that stuff is what I'm going to cover today to explain to everybody else kind of the basics of all that. Yeah, that's kind of the backstory. And that was, I, you told me about it in like, I want to say late, it was like August or September of 2017. So it was just before the prices of everything started going crazy for the remainder of that year. So it was a really exciting time. Definitely learned a lot during that time, the early times, ups and downs, but yeah, it's cool. It was really cool. I forgot about that part. Now that you mentioned it, and the other thing funny uh, too is, you know, within our, our friend group, Johnny and I've known each other since we were, you know, three, four years old and Brandon, who's here, on the production team today. We've known Brandon for pretty much our whole lives too. So we got this big group of friends. We won't go into details, but basically we've all joked for years about how Johnny is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, AKA the wolf on Wall Street. We call him uh, Leonardo DiPaprio because I said his nickname is Poppy Seed. So it's really cool and fun to see how the jokes that we threw his way are actually pretty much turning into who he is. And in my opinion, even cooler and better than Wall Street. I mean, we won't go that way either, but I'm happy that Johnny's in crypto. It's a very exciting market and perfect time to be in it. So, all right, well, guys, get your questions ready as well as we make our way through this presentation. If you're in the Zoom room, you can drop those in the Q&A box. We will get to those. And then if you're on, again, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, if you got any comments, 
they will get moved over. If you have questions, we'll get them in there for the Q&A as well. Here we go. Give it up for John Caldwell and the fundamentals of cryptocurrency. Johnny, the stage is yours. Thanks. So first, thanks everybody for, for coming today. I hope I can teach everybody a little bit of something like I already said. Cryptocurrency can be really complex, and I'm trying to simplify it as much as I can in this presentation. It's actually really hard to do. So bear with me as I go through the basics. So starting off, I want to just a backstory on just money in general. I want to start with the evolution of money and where it all started and how we got to where cryptocurrency is today. So first, way back in the day, we used something called a barter system, which I'm sure most everybody is familiar with where we exchange different goods for of equal value. So someone would exchange wheat for some apples or a cow for a chicken. And both those people would say, yes, this is of equal value and, and trust each other with that. Eventually, we moved away from that and started using precious metals like gold and silver to exchange money. That seemed to be easier for everybody. And then... Eventually, people even got sick of using that and carrying it around about a little over 100 years ago. And they're like, man, we, we wish we could get something else easier to haul around like and use. Like people, It's hard to divide up a gold bar to pay for a loaf of bread or something You know, back in the day, say. So we moved away from putting our trust in something to declare this is the money value to someone. We, we decided to trust in... In this case, the government to issue us paper money in exchange for our precious metals and that it would hold value. And if we wanted to get it back, we could pay them back with paper dollars and get that amount back in gold. So the government became a centralized authority over the money system in this case. And other centralized authorities today are like the banking systems that we use like Chase Bank, for for an example, they have full control over the money floating around your system and will give you the money when you need it, yada, yada, yada. But there's some issues with centralized authorities when it comes to money. Whenever you give someone full control over the money system, you give them enormous power. And this could be a problem. It could lead to corruption. You know, with great power comes corruption. People are corrupt with it. They could mismanage the money lose it, you know, you never know. I'm not saying that's the case most of the time, but it can happen. And they have full control, like I said, of the money. Which an example of this is Robin Hood and Wall Street bets. I'm sure a lot of people are aware of what happened there. I won't go into too much details with it, but basically Robin Hood stopped their users from buying GameStop stock. They they completely eliminated the ability to purchase it and froze people's accounts that had it. They couldn't, they couldn't move their money around. They did not have control of their own money. The Robin Hood platform had full control over it. That's a problem. And that's what Bitcoin was created for and cryptocurrency to solve the problems with centralized authorities. So Bitcoin uses something called blockchain technology to transact the currency. And the way it does it is not in a centralized way. It's in a decentralized way, which I'll explain more in a, in a minute. But the uh, basic definition of Bitcoin, which you can find on their white paper, if you go uh, their online address, is uh, Bitcoin's a peer-to-peer 
version of electronic cash that will allow online payments to be sent from one party to another without going through a financial institution. Okay, so this is where it get kind of confusing explaining how blockchain works and how Bitcoin works because it runs on blockchain. So bear with me while I explain this. And this, and this picture, this graph will kind of help you visualize it and explain it if you look at that as I go over it. So blockchain is a network of computers working together to validate and record transactions. Each sender receiver of a transaction has a unique wallet address that is used to transact. A transaction gets uploaded to a block and is grouped with other recent transactions on that same block. A network of computers from around the world work together to verify the transactions by solving complex mathematical equations. So these computers all have equal power in verifying the transaction. It's not one authority, not one computer has more power than the others. Once the transactions are confirmed, the block is added to the end of the blockchain. So this entire process is decentralized, meaning there is not one central authority in control over these transactions because the computers on the network all hold the same power. The computers on the network, they all get a reward for solving these mathematical equations. And that reward is paid out in a percentage of Bitcoin. Like it's not, so all the computers on the network get a little, little piece of Bitcoin. And that's how Bitcoin is created, basically. And this process is like that entire process of the computers doing all this work is what's known as mining. So other cryptocurrencies can be mined too, but we're talking right now, we're talking about Bitcoin mining. That's how Bitcoin mining works. Try to simplify this too as much as I can. The Bitcoin supply. There will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin ever created. Right now, we already have 18 million Bitcoin. But it's going to take until the year 2140 to mine it all. Why is that? Well, the amount of Bitcoin that the, the rewards that the miners get for each block is going to be cut in half every four years. And it has been cut in half every four years since its existence in 2009. So... That's why it's going to, it'll just be harder and harder to create more Bitcoin, which gets into the supply and demand of Bitcoin a little bit and why the price has been growing exponentially lately. The Bitcoin halving just occurred in May of 2020. So it took about, it always, Bitcoin always follows like the same cycles every four years. Yeah. It's just something that when you've been around it long enough, you know that this is the thing. So like, it controls the entire market of like how much money it's worth. It it goes up in value based on the halving. Right after the halving, the price skyrockets. We're seeing that already. And it happens for about a year, I'll say. And then followed by a bear market where the price goes down. And then the cycle just keeps repeating itself. So you can just assume that this is going to happen over and over again. So that's it for Bitcoin for now. I'm sure a lot of people are aware that there's more cryptocurrencies than just Bitcoin. There's altcoins, which are alternative coins to Bitcoin. There's like tens of thousands of different ones. Most of them being not something that you'd want to get involved with. They don't really have good use cases, but each one has a unique use case to it. Some of the big ones are Ethereum, Cardano, Polkadot, XRP, it's just to name a few. 
But a lot of these big ones use something called smart contracts, which just to be put simply, the definition is a self-executing contract with the terms of the agreement between the buyer and seller being directly written into the lines of code. So say I wanted to buy a home from somebody, we could use a smart track contract to exchange the home to each other. So when I pay you for the home, then I get the home, like you have to physically give it to me. And it's written on the blockchain to verify it so not one person can say the other person can do what they're supposed to do. Decentralized finance has become a really big thing in the crypto space the last couple of years. It's, this is all gets really complex, but I'm trying to keep it as simple as I can for the sake of this presentation. Decentralized finance is finance, which does not rely on central financial institutions like brokerages, exchanges, and banks to offer financial services. Instead, utilizes the smart contracts that we just talked about on blockchains. This is a big topic right now in cryptocurrency. Probably the hottest thing right now. NFTs, also known as non-fungible tokens. They are a cryptographic token that represents something unique has an individual characteristic that sets it apart. It's basically like digital artwork. So like a graphic designer can create a piece of art and it cannot be duplicated by anybody else because of the block. it's on the blockchain and it verifies this is the original. So it works the same way. I, I want to compare this to like people collecting things like say sports cards and how they hold value based on supply and demand. Like someone's a Michael Jordan rookie card that's graded and it's worth a lot of money because there's hardly any of them and he's also the best player. Well, the same thing kind of goes for this kind of stuff. People like buying random stuff like this, which sometimes you can be like, uh, I don't get it, but there's, there's just like things out there for everyone. Everybody likes something. And this picture on the side is of the first NFT known as CryptoPunks. And these are just some of the faces you can purchase. It's like kind of known as the first thing. So it's worth, they're worth a lot of money. Like I think some of these sell for like a hundred thousand dollars, which is absolutely outrageous to me, but to each their own. Okay. So why invest in cryptocurrency? Well, first it's a hedge against inflation. I'm sure everybody's aware that the US dollar is continuing to be devalued because we keep printing more and more of it. So our purchasing power is going way down. This graph here just kind of shows the United States debt from 2009 being $10 million all the way up to about $28 million now. And obviously, the pandemic has increased our national debt a ton. We're about to inject another $1.9 million. So I would not want my money in US dollars. I would want to find another alternative to store my money, where whether it be real estate or you know, in this case, cryptocurrency as a finite supply, like Bitcoin. We, like I said earlier, only 21 million will ever be created. That's the supply limit. So it's not going to keep increasing. The value is going to keep going up. Cryptocurrency allows for decentralization. No one can control it. Not one authority can control it. It's on the blockchain run by a network of computers. All these computers verify it. The only way it could ever be stopped is with um well I want to you know what I want to get into that right now. It's we're not nowhere near that ability right now with computer power for someone to hack into something like that. Transactions are transparent too when it comes to that. You can like you can see 
someone can go and view the transactions on the Bitcoin blockchain and see where money moved around. You can't necessarily see like who the person was and who they sent it to, but you can see the wallet addresses and know that money was being moved around. You control your own money with cryptocurrency. So the way we get cryptocurrency, the easiest way is to buy it through an exchange, an online exchange. But you have the ability to take your cryptocurrency off the exchange and store it your, yourself on a, like an external hard drive. You can store it in a file on your computer. You can store it in a, a hard wallet, like almost like a USB type thing, you know, flash drive type thing. I mean, you can store it on that and lock it up in a safe. You have physical ownership of your cryptocurrency. No one can hold your money on. For instance, when we were talking about Robinhood and how they froze these people's money and they couldn't access it, that would not happen with cryptocurrency at it yourself. There's opportunity to earn life-changing money. If anyone is aware of the price of Bitcoin, will say, you'll know that it has increased a ton lately. If you would have invested in Bitcoin a year ago, about a year ago in March, the beginning of the pandemic, the price went all the way down to $3,900. And today it's trading around $50,000, give or take. Price fluctuates a lot. So, but I know it's right around $50,000. In one year, you could have made that much money. The other thing I want to say, oh, I think I might already covered this, but you don't have to buy an entire Bitcoin. You can buy a percentage of the Bitcoin, a decimal place of Bitcoin. You can purchase $5 of the Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a whole thing. You don't have to sell out $50,000. So it's there for everybody. You just wanted to get a feel for how it works. You can buy $5. Thought so far. I mean, I kind of like how, how Johnny was walking us through the evolution of money and showing how once things become centralized, that's when issues start to pop up. And that's really what ultimately creates an opportunity like what, like what we're seeing right now with cryptocurrency is it's kind of like the, the analogy of a dam. No, getting a crack in the dam. Like water is always going to find a way to squeak through and eventually <laughs> the floodgates will break open. And I think Comparatively speaking, that's what we're seeing with, with what he's describing. Fletcher, any thoughts right now? You know, a couple of things that we talked about pre-call was uh, like, has Bitcoin really kind of replaced gold as like the safe haven? I'd, I'd love for him to kind of go over his thoughts on that. And another thing too that he, he talked about is that he would recommend not putting more than like 5% of your portfolio into crypto and Bitcoin just because it's so volatile. You know, so we're not talking, about, he's not talking about putting half your net worth into crypto, but, you know, just dipping your toe into it. Okay. So I was starting to talk about other reasons to invest in cryptocurrency. Big institutions are getting or putting their money into it, putting it on their balance sheet. The biggest being Tesla and Elon Musk. You can see over here on this graph I, I put on the slideshow. It shows some of the largest Bitcoin holdings of publicly traded companies. MicroStrategy being the biggest amount of holding. Tesla number two. Another one of the big company is Square. CEO of Square is Jack, Jack Dorsey, I believe is the name, who is also the CEO of Twitter. So big money getting in, into cryptocurrency. And lastly, we're still early. I would say that like where we are in cryptocurrency is like, Compare it to 2002 with the internet and like think about all these internet companies and where they were in 2002 versus where they are now. And that's where we're going with cryptocurrency. Okay. So where to invest in cryptocurrency? There's a lot of places to invest in cryptocurrency, but 
the biggest. I would say that I think it's the biggest. And it's very easy to use, really good for beginners, is Coinbase. Coinbase.com. Go on there. It's easy to sign up, easy to use, very secure, two-factor authentication. They have almost all the top cryptocurrencies on there. It's all the big ones that you, you would ever need, especially if you're a beginner. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Card- oh, they don't have Cardano. That's the one that they don't have, but Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash. So if anyone hasn't signed up and would need help signing up, they can contact me. I'd be more than willing to help them sign up on either of these. The next one is BlockFi. BlockFi is a little tiny bit more advanced, but it's still super easy to use, easy to sign up. Same thing, secure. But the cool thing with BlockFi is you can earn interest on your crypto. So if you move your Bitcoin over to BlockFi, it's kind of like a glorified savings account for it. And you earn 6% interest a year on it. Super cool. So that's on top of like the Bitcoin price moving. You can also accumulate 6% more Bitcoin a year and have your money work for you. The other example I give here, which is an important one that I want to go over is USDC, which is US, which stands for a United States dollar coin. That one is also on Coinbase. It's on BlockFi, as I have listed here. It mimics the US dollar completely. So to create one USDC coin, you need $1 behind it. And you can earn 8.6% interest on like $1. So imagine having that as your saving account. Instead of using the savings accounts the bank offer, which you lose money on nowadays. So yeah, that's why like BlockFi is a really cool thing. And the way that they're able to pay you out interest on your cryptocurrency is because they also issue loans. Like you can, people can take out loans on their, on their cryptocurrency and money on here so that the interest that those people pay, pay for the interest that they pay you because they're using your money to loans. So that being said, that is the end of my presentation. I'll be happy to answer any questions as I, I know I understand this is a complex thing to go over. Thanks. Thank you, Johnny. So, all right, guys, here we go. Q&A. Again, if you're with us on any platform besides the Zoom room, you can go ahead and type your questions in the comments there and someone on our team will get it over to the Zoom side. But yeah, to break the ice, we had a lot come through, Johnny. I don't know if you want to pull up the chat box or if you can real quick and just kind of skim through them. I know off the top of my head, just in my conversations with you leading to today, you ended with one that caught my attention, which is BlockFi. Sounds like something that not a lot of people are talking about yet, but could be very interesting as far as just getting in early. And then DeFi. I think I saw Adapia mention that in the comments earlier. DeFi seems like, you know, my take of, of DeFi is if there was a bunch of hype for crypto in, in 2017, DeFi has now become the equivalent to like that hype. So the next time we go through another cycle like this, the next cycle, everyone's going to be talking about what the heck is DeFi more than what the heck is, is cryptocurrency. Does any of that resonate or make sense with you? Yeah, I mean, to an extent, I'd agree with that. It's almost kind of like DeFi is it's almost peaking in popularity, but there's I also understand that's just among the people that have been in crypto for a long time, I would say. Another big thing is NFTs, non-fungible tokens. That's what everybody's talking about right now. But yeah, like the DeFi space still has a long way to go. We're still so early in all these things that and and it's the DeFi space is really intriguing and can really disrupt the how we do finance and money. All right, I'm gonna dish it off to my co-host now, <laughs> Fletcher. Take over the Q and A. 
Johnny, I know we, we've kind of discussed some of these already, but I really have a, a couple of questions, but, um, and we've gone over this, but do you think that, you know, I think in the past people have really looked to gold as a safe haven. Whereas now, if you look really gold actually has not done that well in the past year. Do you think that crypto has really kind of replaced gold as a safe haven? Yeah, I think you're, you're kind of seeing that. I think. A lot of people that have traditionally gone to gold are starting to use Bitcoin in place of gold. And that's something I didn't say um, during the presentation, but Bitcoin is kind of viewed as digital gold. It's a head. People use gold as a hedge against inflation, and that's what people are starting to use Bitcoin for. Do I think it'll completely replace gold? No, I do not. Do I think it'll overtake gold and market cap? Yeah, I do. I do. I know Adapia asked one, what about trading DeFi on platforms like Zerion? Do you have any comments or on that? Zerion, I have not heard of Zerion. You know, you can, a lot of the DeFi projects, you can get on Coinbase. They have like all, like a ton of the biggest ones. So that's like, that's an easy place to get it. I'm not familiar with Zerion. I, I couldn't tell you if that's the right thing to do or not, but Coinbase just keeps it simple. And then uh, from Mauricio, Mauricio Botero, what's up, man? Good to see you here. He wants to know, what's your take on buying crypto using your self-directed IRA or 401k as part of your portfolio? Well, I guess it kind of depends at how you're buying it. Like, is that institution in charge of that money? Are they just like giving you the dollar equivalent of the cryptocurrency or in place of it? Or are you actually physically holding it? Are you taking money out of your IRA to invest into cryptocurrency as a separate thing or what? I guess I would kind of need to know those details because you, that just goes along with, I don't like central authorities controlling everything. That's just, you know, me personally, I kind of went over why that that's the case. So that's why I kind of would stay away from that with letting them, like if they're in control of the crypto, I would not want. Good take. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what he was saying is yeah, through the SDI RA custodian. Go ahead. Another thing that you were talking about is that you wouldn't recommend somebody go like, you know, 50% of their portfolio into crypto, right? You know, you were really talking about, I know you mentioned maybe 5% or less of your portfolio to really get in. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that would be silly. The, the cryptocurrency is still so new. The, the market is so volatile still. The price increases I talked about, how Bitcoin has moved in the past year, it's going to go down to. Um, and we're not going to keep going up forever. So people will see, you could see significant losses in it. So I would not recommend anybody to allocate their entire net worth into Bitcoin. I think that would be not a good idea. 5% is a great place to start. You can, like I said, you can even start with a little bit of money if you're trying to get a feel for how it works. You know, $100. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, Dennis was saying, is, coin, is the Coinbase wallet similar to BlockFi? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very similar. It's super like easy to navigate and stuff. It's really simple on both those platforms. Yeah, so you can actually, I didn't get too much in the details of the exchanges and how you buy and stuff, but you can buy cryptocurrency on BlockFi by linking your bank account, just like you do on Coinbase. It's like kind of the same thing. All right, Johnny, we got a couple questions coming in. I want to get to one I have real quick. You know, I think you mentioned that there was going to be only, what is it, 21 million tokens, period, you know, like overall. 
who's in charge of that? And, and like, how do we know that that's going to get, they're not going to issue more Bitcoin than that? Is that just something that people are trusting or? Yeah, so I don't know all the specific details on that, but all that information can be, like, you can access on the blockchain and, and you can see like the amount being, like there's a, I don't know the answer to this off the top of my head, but you can see how much Bitcoin is mined every day and come up with that number. And it's transparent in the fact that, you know, when the halvings have happened, you do see that day, the supply of new Bitcoin being created getting cut in half. So it is following suit with all that and, and transparency. Put it simply, that, that's about as knowledgeable as I can be on that. Pretty transparent process. Yeah. And uh, I'll jump in. Mauricio's jumping back in. Are you hearing talk yet of when we might be close to being able to buy real estate with crypto? And I think uh, this goes back to like maybe even like Tesla now is saying you can use. Are you going to see more places that are going to accept Bitcoin as a form of payment? If I put up my house for sale and I could accept it, do you think that's going to become more the norm? Yeah, I do. I think there will be some another crypto that'll be used more for that that kind of stuff in the future. But yeah, we will see more and more big Bitcoin being the facilitator of that. But a lot like a lot of these things with smart contracts, like Ethereum runs on smart contracts. So that's like one of them I was talking about. When people transact things like that, like buying homes and stuff, it'll be probably utilized on those blockchains. So you'll be exchanging that crypto, I would assume. Nice. This one's going to put a, a smile on your face. And well, actually, first, so Adapia was clarifying. So Zerion is uh, for trading Ethereum-based projects. So they aren't on Coinbase. As far as she could see, there seems to be endless coins and DeFi projects. And so Josh Sell wants to know what makes BlockFi able to compound interest on your BTC while others may not. Is there a downside? Yeah. So I kind of went over that. Josh, what's up, man? <laughs> Yeah, so they uh, BlockFi also issues out loans to people, so they'll use the people's money that are they're storing on there to issue out loans to other people, and those people pay interest on those loans that is higher than the amount of interest they're paying out you to hold it in there. So they make money, and they are able to pay you money. That's how that works. Does that make sense? Am I explaining that properly? I say so. And then our boy Taff, who I gave a shout out to Taff earlier in the comments, because he's the one who, uh, when I first, <laughs> won't go too far down this rabbit hole, but when I first applied to get on the Clubhouse app, he was the one who gave me an invite and let me in. And that's been an amazing uh, experience. So if you guys want to know more about Clubhouse, you can drop something in the comments. Let us know. Just say Clubhouse question mark. So Johnny, wants Taff wants to know, at what stage should I start looking at wallets? Just clarify again what a wallet is. I think he wants to know at what stage should he start looking for somewhere to store his Bitcoin, probably other than Coinbase. Yeah, right now you can do that. Like you know, Coinbase is kind. Of, that's why like the exchanges they're they're kind of central authorities over the money. So like there could be issues on on the exchange that you buy it from. So if you want full control over your money, your cryptocurrency, you'd want to get it off there and hold it yourself. So if you're looking to do that, then you should do that ASAP. There's something called a nano ledger art wallet that you can buy and you can literally pull it from your wallet on whatever exchange it is you're using, use a Coinbase and deposit those funds onto the nano ledger. Take it offline, hold it, keep it, put it wherever you want, put it in a lockbox, whatever. Yeah. 
Cool. And we got enough time for about two more questions here. So guys, go ahead and punch those in if you have any. You guys, Fletcher, I will, I'll put you back in the hot seat here real quick. I don't know if you have any other ones before we start winding it down. Yeah, Johnny, I think Adapia really touched on something. You know, it seems like there might be a new cryptocurrency every other day. And I think, you know, from like sitting afar, that seems like kind of dangerous, right? So do you think there's any competitor like Ethereum and all for Bitcoin or is Bitcoin really probably the best way that you would recommend investing into crypto? Yeah, Bitcoin is definitely the best one to invest in, especially if you're a beginner. I'd almost just say, just stick with Bitcoin. Bitcoin, like out of all cryptocurrencies, the market cap of all cryptocurrencies, I think the total is about right now $1.5 trillion. Bitcoin is like almost a trillion dollars by itself. So it's like 66% of the entire market cap. It moves the entire cryptocurrency market that the price of Bitcoin dictates everything else. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. So it almost doesn't make sense to invest, especially in a lot of these other small, like the smaller ones, don't even touch those. You don't know what those are going to do. Some of the more established ones, if once you've done enough research, it's definitely okay to get in some of the top altcoins. Ethereum, I think that one, you can get into that as a beginner too. Those Bitcoin and Ethereum. There's so many different projects. I didn't get into this. This is a little more technical. There's so many cryptocurrencies utilizing Ethereum's blockchain and basically being built on top of it. So whatever protocols they're running, they're run through Ethereum. So Ethereum has a lot of upside because of that. A lot of the DeFi projects, mostly all the DeFi projects, actually, they use Ethereum's blockchain, run their protocols. And last one here to uh, to close it out, you know, talking about Ethereum, there's a lot of other coins similar to Ethereum now that we're seeing that other coins are basically being built on top of them. And it seems like other, some of these other Ethereum competitors might be better because it's more affordable from what you were saying to build on their platform. Just kind of clarify what, what that means. Like for, I think it's, uh, what's the other one? Cardano and Polkadot. Somehow they're, I don't know the details either. Somehow they're similar to Ethereum, but people are gravitating towards them because they're not quite as expensive. I think you said gas fees. Is that right? Yeah. So with all these different protocols being built on top of Ethereum, it's really slowing down the network for Ethereum. So for people to use these other cryptocurrencies, like the protocols that they use, whatever use case to have being, it's like transact. If you want to, your transaction to happen fast, you pay a gas fee that is super expensive. People are paying like a ton of money like for their gas fees, like transact these things. And it's really inefficient and just not good for people right now. So the other top competitors to Ethereum have were honestly made to solve the issues that Ethereum is facing right now. Ethereum is trying to solve it themselves, but they are like three years out from solving it with what's called ETH 2.0. They started using it, but it's not like they don't have it all the system in place yet. Completely. And I don't really understand all those technicals with it. I just know it's going to take them a while to fully get everything running fast again. So Cardano and Polkadot, which the founder of Polkadot was high up in Ethereum, so he understood Ethereum and problems it had 
and built Polkadot to solve to fix those problems. And now it's in the past six months has just moved up in market cap and now it's like a it's definitely top ten cryptocurrency now. Like top six. I don't even know. Yeah. And here we go. Thanks again everyone for tuning in and investing your time with us here on this next level webinar, Fundamentals of Cryptocurrency with Johnny Caldwell. If you found value in today's message and you're with us here on the replay, be sure to like, share, and subscribe there as well. That really helps us with the performance of future Next Level webinars and really bring on more high-profile guests, just like Poppy Seed. <laughs> Guys, remember, you can actually you know what? We didn't give out your, uh, your contact information yet. Good thing we're doing this part. What's the best way for anyone tuned in, especially in the replay, to follow up and get in touch with you, Johnny? Yeah, I guess the easiest way would be LinkedIn, John Colwell on LinkedIn. And I know, Johnny, actually, you're working on a YouTube channel now too, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start posting probably probably mostly crypto videos, start teaching people. Big passion of mine. And I, I'm just, yeah, I'm super excited to help grow the, the space. I'm really passionate about it. So looking forward to it. I want to give a quick shout out to our buddy Fletcher. He actually, Fletcher had to bounce because he's interviewing Marco Pfeiffer for his teaser interview for the webinar that Marco's doing on March 18th, guys. So stay tuned. That's going to be a fun one. Again, Marco's a CFO who quit his day job and is now financially free, working full time in the world of real estate syndications and investing. One more big thank you to Aaron and Brandon. I see you guys punching those links away there. Thank you. And also to our sponsors, Liberty Real Estate Fund, the world's first single tenant net lease security token. For more information on Liberty Fund, you can visit libertyfund.io. And also definitely a big thank you to our sponsor, Raise Masters, the number one mastermind for elite capital raisers. You can learn more and apply there via the link in the comments. And that link will also be in the show notes on the replay. And I might already said this, but I'm gonna say it one more time. Thank you to our live audience. You guys rock. <laughs> it's just awesome having all the names pop up, the familiar faces. It's good stuff. Well, familiar, uh, not maybe not faces, but Zoom names. <laughs> My name is Adam Carr as well. Again, major shout out to our co-host, Fletcher Wheaton. Johnny was your rock star of the day. Uh, any any closing remarks, Johnny? No, I guess just like, thanks everybody for attending. And hopefully I taught you a little something today. And hopefully I was able to answer some of your questions. Yep. Again, guys, Johnny's uh, LinkedIn link is there in the comments and show notes. So go ahead and connect with him. And remember, in all you think, say, and do, take it to the next level. Thank you once again for investing your most valuable resource with us here today, your time. If you enjoyed today's episode, please drop a five-star rating and a review below. Take a screenshot of it and send it over to nextlevel at carswell.io. We have a present for you. We really appreciate you guys leaving those reviews because it really helps with the overall SEO and visibility of the show and allows us to continue to bring on high quality guests. So once again, thank you. And remember, take it to the next level.